Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and we'll be joined by my co-hosts Nicole Frolick and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast, everyone. I am here with your co-hosts, Brian and Lisa. And today we are excited to open the year up with a very interesting and much younger guest. Garen Zena at just 17 is an influential spiritual teacher. He has studied metaphysics since the age of five and has been devoted to raising the awareness of all the people that he meets. He has tested and proved the law of attraction and through his own YouTube channel, Garen the Hierophant, he teaches both young and old seekers how to create lasting changes in life. Garen, welcome uh, back to the podcast. Last time we had you on, we were on the Waves of Light cruise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been it's been a very interesting year, to say the least. Yeah, well, it's about a few days in. <laughs> so... I mean, I mean, year in between, not, 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 not the new year. We have a lot. To, to go into 2020. Yeah, we do. But it has definitely been a long year since we last saw you. And I think all three of us were really impressed with a lot of the information you had to share in the group because you were 16 at the time, correct? That is correct. And I'm turning 18 March 4th. So I'm on the precipice of another great change. But um, thank you for... Legally an adult. Oh, legal. <laughs> Dangerous word. But yeah, last time I spoke with y'all, you had asked me questions about the law of attraction. You had asked me questions about just my, my views on the world. And um, it was it was it was a nice conversation. It was, I believe, about five, 10 minutes long. I think we have a little longer now. So we do. You are you are the uh, man in the hot seat today. So you get to share everything. We you know, it's we didn't I don't think we really got to go into your past like you mean you started studying this at the age of five so i was born on Kauai, the garden island of hawaii more of a very not as spiritual as maui but more there was a lot of hippies there let's just say and around when i was four or five my mom started waking up she found um esther hicks's material abraham's material and she started reading to me the Seth, uh, the Seth and Sarah books, which were written by Abraham. And I had, I had a big interest in that, all that sort of stuff. And I very much believe that the impossible was possible. And around, around the age of five, her and a friend had, my mom and a friend had gone to a 
um, a yoga class with a little bit of a uh, lecture about chakras at the end. And she wanted me to listen into the lecture. And I learned about chakras at that age and they made sense to me. It made complete sense to me for some reason. So I had. At the age of five. Yes. And I had become very, very, very obsessed with that at that age. And I was obsessed with hypnotism as well. And I, at a certain point, I kind of, if I, I fell off of that path because I had to become a normal person and not just 100% be devoted to the seeking. And so I guess I was socialized for a little bit. And then when I was eight, I moved to Ecuador. Uh, my parents moved there to help my grandparents, um, Re, uh, remodel a house and we ended up staying there for four and a half years at the age of 11 I had my second awakening which was when um well actually before then my, my so my dad my dad channels so he he, he channels Archangel Michael and he would channel him when I lived in Hawaii and he was a trans channel and he would do his thing and go a little go unconscious and then start speaking and at first I thought it was a little bit weird to think that there's some invisible entity speaking through my dad giving us universal knowledge and kind of guiding our lives but after a while I got used to it and that continued and re-emerged at the age of 11 a lot and I had I made the realization that if I were to solely focus on that how I, as I, how I wanted to which would just to be com- to, to completely devote myself to spirituality and just seeking of that knowledge at that age I'd completely isolate myself and I didn't want to do that so I kind of dropped it and I knew I'd eventually get back to it and when I was 15 I dove back in Well that's a lot of awareness to have at the age of 11 <laughs> I mean to really understand the uh the the flux of socialism like not socialism but so like society and how everyone's socialized um is pretty deep at the age of 11 i mean you don't even most 11 year olds don't even most 20 something 30 something year olds don't even know who they are much less have that much awareness brian's just now figuring it out yeah (laughs) everybody's journey is now wow so your second awakening was at 11 what what kind of if you were to pinpoint something at that time, what was it exactly? Was it the channeling or was it something else? Since I was about six years old, I'd always known that the law of attraction existed and that my thoughts affected my experience of things and that my emotions were powerful to say the least. And when, when I was about 11, I wanted to, pinpoint a specific event so i was i was homeschooled when in hawaii and i only ever went to oh three 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 perfect timing i only ever went to um kindergarten and then i was taken out and homeschooled and i got back into school at in sixth grade in ecuador and then it was i I don't recall the specific event that it was was more so that i was already awoken and i had decided to get back into that type of information and it was it was like a lot of revelations that started coming to me because I had a computer in my room and I wasn't the most social of kids. So I just do a lot of research on many different things. And I just, I, I knew that the world isn't as it seems. And then my parents had continued doing more and more channelings and even the decision to move back to Florida where I live now, um, channeled, um, business decisions channeled, um, everything through the higher consciousness. And 
it just gave me the awareness that there was more to this plane of existence, I guess. I'm curious, what were you researching at 11? Well, it, it was kind of negative at first because when I started my research, when I, it started when I was seven. That's where my world... Um, <laughs> Yeah, mind-blowing right now. I think you're mind-blowing all of our audience members. I started, I started researching the atrocities of humanity at seven. So I instantly knew that. For, for a while, I had believed that humans were parasites, and I did not like that. And <laughs> it was very disempowering. and dis, It made me feel helpless. Like, there was nothing I could do but to watch everybody just throw everything down the drain. But I didn't, I didn't want to believe that. So I searched for good instead of the... Um, massacres and it it made a very very vivid painting of duality in my mind where I saw that humans on one end were, were like a master species above all other animals but there's a there's a very large gap between us and anything else where we're way too cognizant we're way too knowing we're way too intuitive we're way too curious we're the thing that questions why we're the thing that can actually question and then on the other hand was the terrible um just not not healthy species that was present there in the past and i i knew that i wanted to in a sense embody that higher principle and not fall down the lower path because with that awareness you understand that anybody and everything and everybody has good and bad in them so it's Mm -hmm. with great power comes great responsibility essentially very true so with that idea of having so much awareness what are your thoughts on the idea that intuition is evolution so every single thing around us the walls the floor the computers we're speaking from the or on or through the clothes we're wearing at some point was designed in the mind or or flowed through the mind of a man or a woman so the imagination is our link to other worlds other dimensions other realities whatever you want to call it it's our link to the unmanifest the thing that is not here the way that we pull information through that is through our intuition it's our intuition essentially is us getting direct direct information into our mind via either thoughts, feelings, sensing, nudges, blocks of information, in as many ways as you can think of. So in every single thing that was ever created by the human first came through their intuition. Intuition isn't only mental, intuition is action-based as well. Intuition is the random thought that you get to go down to the corner store at the time that you that you decide to go and then out of random process out of random probability you meet a person that becomes your lifelong friend if you didn't listen to that intuition that nudge wouldn't have happened i was listening to a youtube video i've listened to it about five times now under the guidance of one of my mentors and um it was on this idea of that your intuition is also in a way coming through you in action and this idea that your body can, in a way, be controlled where you make a movement that you don't even think about, you don't even know you're doing it, but it just happened. So for instance, you may have averted danger without even realizing that you That's were in danger. Many times. 
Okay. So you want to give us a, an instance when that happened? I have two examples. One where it was involving me and another where it was involving my friend. So the first with me, I was, uh, so I was, we were playing soccer inside. Bad idea, first of all. And I was about to go around the corner because I had to go to the bathroom or something like that. And then it, my, my head turned before my body turned to go around the corner and I didn't know why. And then a second later, the soccer ball hits me in the back of the head and I didn't choose to move my head. My body knew before the event happened. And I've read in many different places. I don't, um, I'm not hundred percent certain if there's been uh, scientific research on this, but the body reacts seconds before the action or event happens. So the second, the second example is when my friend was crossing the street, um, he had had an ear infection and I knew that something, whenever, whenever there's something weird going on, I feel, um, like the air leaves the room in a way. It's very strange. I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit, but, um, I felt that there was something weird and he had an ear infection, so he couldn't hear. And he starts to cross the road and I don't realize that I'm reaching for him. I don't realize that my arm is literally wrapping around him. And then I don't realize that I pretty much grab him and do a backwards roll onto the concrete. And I don't realize until I pretty much am on top of him and looking down at him and I saved his life because he didn't hear a car coming around the corner and there were, the car was going like 60, 70 miles an hour around a corner and he was about to get hit. I didn't even realize that I saved him until I looked to see the car, the, the car driving past, but it's crazy. Yeah, Ingle Swan talks about this and talks about how our brain, you know, we receive these intuitive messages through the crown chakra and that's where the uh, motor cortex is and the premotor cortex in front of it and how that, without that, our body can't act. And so it sends messages, not necessarily from our belief system that we think it, um, as a more of like you've received the information and it goes through the motor cortex into the body and the body reacts before you even know why. Right. And that's why it's, why it's a reaction Mm -hmm. and it happens, you know, with split second timing because you're, you, as quickly as the brain processes things, it probably can't process them that quickly. It's not even split second timing at this point. It's quantum. Everything already exists. Thus it's, in a way pre-written it's predestined it's not it's not that your body is reacting to a a foreseeable event it's more so that it's one of one of the many foreseeable events that it is already reacting to and since you have that higher self connection and the higher self to me is just your subconscious mind it's infinitely more powerful than the conscious mind it literally knows and sees and feels every single small detail of every single experience you're in before you're even there. So it's, yeah, split second, we could say. So this idea of intuition, you feel like this, this is what is evolving our humanity? I think that every single thought that any of us have, thinking or analyzing or logic, those are all very synonymous in, in a way. So it's reasoning, reason, you're contemplating, you're thinking. With intuition, you're giving up the need to, to critical think about it. You simply are given the information and then you either have the choice to trust the information and go forward with it 
or throw it away and lose the opportunity. So the people that were brave in history that thought, hey, I have this new idea. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a phone that's the size of your hand. That's going to be a, pretty much a computer eventually. Nobody believed that that was going to be possible 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it was. And the people, the pioneers that chose to do what everybody thought was impossible and listened to their gut feeling, listened to their gut urge, whatever it was, those were the people that changed the world. Nikola Tesla, he created the light bulb and all the and many other things within his dreams. He, before it was cemented in physical beingness or physical reality, he literally created it within a lucid dream and tested that that was a viable option. So intuition is a lot bigger than just the downloading of information. Intuition is in a sense, every different thought and different emotional reaction and different response that we give to the situation, depending upon what, what frequency we're tuned in on, we're we're tuned in and people get confused with frequency a lot because they think we're just talking about vibrations or, I'm, I'm talking about a, what channel you're you're tied into. So if you're connected to, let's just say positive emotions, let's, let's just say inspiration, you have a whole different set of specifics going on in your mind, your emotional state, your body. It's all very different than when you're connected into despair. When you're connected into inspiration, it's as if you're the foundation of your being is one is, is changed essentially. And you have so much more information coming to you. You have so much more. It's in, intuition is not simply information. Intuition is, uh, it's a way of being at this point for me. I, I, it's very difficult for me to explain. I have a lot of different ideas going on in my head right now. No, I, I, I mean, um, I understand that. And, and this idea to like speaking to that idea of, um, you know, what you receive versus what you think. So your intuition is kind of the way you receive information versus your mind and how you think things through, like you said, critically think, use logical thinking, all which are very important things to have. The, they're important to have at this time. Uh, I think it's lacking in, in quite a few people uh, in our society, but it's important to have that. It When I think, it makes me think about this just this morning. I had a client and I was coaching her and um, she's given up cigarettes uh, for the new year. And she and I asked her, I said, okay, knowing that this idea of New Year's resolutions and all that and how hard sometimes it can be to stay in um, on track with a New Year's resolution, I asked her, what do what do what does smoking represent to you? And before I could even get the words out of my mouth, the word death just dropped into my mind. And she proceeds to tell me, she goes, well, I didn't start smoking until my first husband passed away. And so, you know, and and so she had continued to smoke for a bit and then she finally like stopped and then she remarried. And unfortunately, her second husband passed away. And that's when she got really back into smoking. And so I, you know, just through that idea, I realized, you know, someone think, oh, death, it's going to kill you like cigarettes. Yeah, they're not good for you. They're going to kill you. But that wasn't it. It was that she literally was without even knowing it, the smoking represented death and she was wanting to choose life for herself. 
And so bringing that into awareness for her so that she can get past that subconscious programming of the smoking and realizing what it actually means to her, like giving it a metaphor, she was able to like, it really hit home for her when she realized, oh my God, that's like sending chills through my body and realizing that every time if she goes to pick up a cigarette or she wants to smoke, she can relate it back to the idea of like, no, I'm choosing my life. I'm not choosing death anymore. Mm-hmm. And that idea of how we receive information, yeah, you can't think that stuff in. It just drops in. Exactly. I'm actually writing a book called um, Intuition is Evolution. That's why I wrote it as one of the topics. Um, oh, wow. You're, so you're writing a book at 17? <laughs> I was like, I can't imagine what's but- you're going to be like my in like only 10 response years. is just laughing I, <laughs> I mean not at you it's just disbelief I completely understand it that's how i feel when i look at the mirror i'm like god damn man look two years ago you're not i, I could never foresee this <laughs> you just say i'm so awesome right i'm so thankful man. but um if you if you guys want i can i can i read the preface oh please do it says, do not see my words as another self-proclaimed self-help book with quick fixes and ways to tell you to think. This is merely a fragment of my perspective on life. Take as you wish and leave as you please. Any person of any background in any walk of life at any age can temporarily see through my eyes and gain value from these words. Life. Life is the greatest of all arts in existence. Really spend some time looking around. Any piece of art pales next to the beauty of life slash existence in whole itself. A fresh canvas piece for each human to paint on that which they wish with the perspectives as their paint. Perspectives is Perspective is the very best of paints, allowing us to hold on to any burden, capture any pain, and repaint these experiences in endless cycles of agony or joy. It can bring us it can bring a sun to a gloomy day, discipline for goals or even ideals on how to be. Perspective is our gu- is our guideline, our foundation, and most importantly our friend. It is here to help us paint the life that we wish to paint. As we wade through the emotions of life, top the mountains and plunge the drops, we feel a full range of feelings. Not so enjoyable times are nasty, enjoyable times are joyous and blissful. The greatest gift I can give you is the gift of creative integrity. First, we must understand the truth about truth. The nature of truth is that truth is subjective. No one person's truth about life is exact to another's. Each truth is unique to the individual. And unique and individual. Thus, we can form the knowing and understanding that all truths are true from the perspective of the individual believing in that truth. Yet all truths are false as well because they are not absolute. They have to be opposites because they are chosen perspectives. Yada, 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 yada. That's essentially the (laughs) first part of it. Wow. Yeah. Speechless. (laughs) I. I love it. I like, I'm totally loving this. And you give me a lot of hope to bring children into this world. (laughs) It's nice to see and hear from the uh, younger generation um, speaking so much wisdom. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting to me is his background and and I think that's what's so unique if you if you look at most teachers and people you know on their spiritual walk right now a lot of us you you know Nicole Lisa you know 
Joe Dispenza. I'm I'm sure a lot of these these you know names, big and small, didn't have a background where at five years old they were you know being you know, read teachings from, you know, Abraham and you know, the, the person that channeled Abraham. Um, and looking forward to when you have a child, Nicole, that's what you're going to have the opportunity to do because you're grounded and you're already thinking this way. And I, I think, I think that's so cool. Well, that, that, you know, that brings up an interesting point, Garen, as someone who has grown up um, with spiritual parents and um, awakened parents, what is your perspective on how you were raised versus how you see some of your friends who were raised with, say, unawakened parents? Mm. And not to say one's better than the other or anything like that, but just what's your perspective? There's many different ways to answer this question. So, there, there is a certain connection that I have with my parents that I've not found in any other of my friends and their relationship to their parents. There's a certain level of transparency that my parents have, and our, our dynamic is very transparent. They trust me with information that they wouldn't really, that most parents wouldn't really want to talk about with their kids. Um, I back to back to the main main question, which is, what is it like to have spiritual parents? Um, the, the biggest difference I see is that most parents, most people, in fact, everybody at this point is in some way running from their shadow or being dominated by their shadow, the aspect of their psyche that, um, it's like filling holes. Everybody has holes. They're always filling holes and they, they, they don't feel complete with themselves. I believe that with spiritual parenting, you find a way to eliminate the number of holes that the individual has, the number of different traumas that the individual holds within themselves throughout their life. So many of the things that the spiritual child of the spiritual parent will not have to face is much insecurity, lots of um, thinking that other people's thoughts matter, thinking that people's opinions of them are um, absolute, um, many different things. It's more so just, a, I think, a higher level of confidence. And I was, you just took the word right out of my mouth. I was going to say your confidence level is unlike most <laughs> 17 year olds I've ever met. When I think back to myself at 17, um, I certainly wasn't this confident to, well, speak about topics like this on a podcast, not that podcasts really existed when I was that age, but there's no way I would have been able to speak. Oh, hell, I couldn't even speak at the age of 35, you know, like comfortably and without stuttering or looking for my words. So it, it I... wasn't always like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very interesting because I find that that level of confidence in who you are and like you said before, knowing that the way other people perceive you or think of you isn't as important. Those are very big things that a lot of people suffer from through their own unworthiness and self-acceptance. They become a slave to it and they're not allowed to awaken their self. It's, they do become a slave to it. That's a great word. It's, if you look at social media, how it's constructed the minds of the youth is it's given, it's given kids the perspective that 
I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not enough. I'm not able to do what that person wants. Look at look at Mike. He's having the life of his dreams. Oh, look at look at Cheryl. She's on a boat. Whatever. Blah blah blah. It's making people look outside instead of inside, and they do not realize that everything they could ever need, everything they could ever want, everything they could ever have is already inside them. Not an arrogant. Not in like an, uh, a a a bad way. It's more so that. We have all of those things that we that we admire in other people already within us. It's simply about fostering a, not um, creating a a way that you can be and become that person. But so you said you weren't always confident enough to speak, or you you don't think that you would have been confident enough to speak on a podcast. So. I had had. A, oh, I know. I know. I wouldn't have been able. To. So, so before before I, I I've been working as a salesperson for the past year, and I do over the phone sales. And I, before I got that job, I experienced uh, had a bad experience with a um, plant medicine, where I became incredibly socially anxious, where I couldn't even sit at a table at school for a group project without feeling like I, I was just wanting to go in the bathroom and just not have to be in the class. And I thought to myself, what can, what can I do right now to force myself out of this, this hole of thinking, this, uh, this downward faucet. And I, uh, I got a serving job and I started working at a um, restaurant and it completely and utterly changed my mind <laughs> about speaking. <laughs> what is what was it? Was it like just being in the restaurant or being forced to speak to every single person that came into the restaurant and having to talk to all the families and people? It completely shattered the bubble of um, anxiety. Anxiety. You faced your fear. Exactly. I did that. Mm. I did that once more uh, recently, where I, I'm not really too fond of alligators, but uh, there's this lake pretty close to us called Lake Tarpon. Yeah, the 14 foot alligators that get found in the area around us get dumped in there, and I went, um, I went, uh, not uh, wakeboarding on 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 that lake. <sighs> yeah, I, I, you know, alligators not cozy, not cuddly, not something. That I would want to swim yeah, with. I, I can't <laughs> see being comfortable around alligators. Yep, I wasn't either. So, uh, do you you went wakeboarding on it then? Yeah, I, the last the last two times I did it, I um I fell off, and I was waiting for my friends to loop back around, and I started thinking, hey, there's alligators in this lake, and I was like, cut that out. I was like, law of attraction, don't do that, buddy. And then the, minute <laughs> I, the minute, or the, no, not the minute, the second that I said alligators, I start feeling allergy on my arms. I start seeing feeling more plants. I start seeing more darkness in the water. It it just started creeping in on me. Oh man, you're like totally activating one of my biggest fears. I I I remember being so scared of what I couldn't see in the water. Mm-hmm, me too. Me too. Especially Hawaii. Oh, it's yeah. I always I always called it underwater treeophobia. I call it treeophobia. Fear, fear of rocks. Anything that looks. It like was rock, it was just the the the, the 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 trees that you can't see. Oh, we used, we used to do a lot of uh, canoeing in, in Missouri. There's a lot of rivers to canoe on and, and, you know, there are fallen trees 
that you can't see and you know they can tip a tip a boat and gotcha (laughs) (laughs) well good on you garen i'm i'm very impressed at how you are able to think your way you know logically i think this is important too i mean intuition is great but it's also important to have that logical mindset of being able to rationalize and get really clear about what's actually happened to you and what hasn't and talk yourself out of that situation questions are 100 percent the source of that information yes absolutely so let's talk about the aura and the subconscious mind i'm curious what are are, you're not writing about that too are you are you so it ties in with the with the intuition so with the aura, imagine for a moment that you're uh, the the base of what you attract into your life. Um, imagine that your sub so your subconscious mind patterns, the way that you've been living, the way that you've been um, ex- that you've been being, we could just say, throughout your whole life, has set certain standards, certain meanings to situations, certain ways that you experience the world. With your aura every single thought and everything every single thing that draws your attention every single thing that you become aware of is you're drawn to that thing because of what you're attracting from your aura which is also attracting from what you're resonating at which is your um like subconscious mind and other things like that but so the aura like if anything that you look at say you're driving down the road and you just look at a random billboard and out of random possibility, it's a synchronicity. The thing that drew your attention to look was your, there's gosh, I'm trying to put non-physical words into physical words and it's, it's difficult. Um, so the aura and the subconscious mind, long story short, if you say I am a very funny person and you have that belief no matter who or what or where you're around, you will exhibit that within your aura. And if you have the foundational belief that I, I'm really unlucky, bad things happen to me, because of that, your aura will be an unlucky aura. So you walk next to a person and it gets contagious and they happen to drop their coffee cup and it spills all over your shirt or something like that. And it's, it's, it's like when people say we, we give off our own energy, it's, it's truly that you're in, in a sense exuding that vibe and not, not tainting other people's vibes with it, but inner your, your vibes are mingling. And with the aura, you, you can, if you, if you say my, my aura draws, draws me to different information that will allow me to utilize my intuition more. It'll, it will allow me to have more clear, th- more clear thought. It will allow me to have more clarity, whatever it is. The thing that your attention will be drawn to, no matter what it is, you just have to have trust, will be of those things. So the aura is kind of like a mechanism. It's the mechanism in which you're, you sense it, it, it's the thing that determines what your attention gets drawn to from what you're attracting. It's kind of confusing. I haven't really broken it down and written it down too well, but it's me trying to explain it quickly. (laughs) So what's the, I mean, in your eyes, what's the difference between the aura and the subconscious mind creating? So the subconscious mind creating is like the, uh, 
It's like the background processing of a computer. The aura is an electromagnetic frequency. Electro being electric, magnetic being emotion. So electro corresponds to your neurons, your electrical activity in your brain, so your thoughts. So the thoughts you think and the emotions you feel, aka magnetism, are combined with a frequency, and that frequency is what you attract around you. So the subconscious mind is kind of the, it's like the the it's like the auto not autopilot but it's the auto autofill pretty much so you you can be doing whatever and you don't have to really consciously create every single different thing that has been your desire in your life a lot of it's already just happening for you the aura is the day-to-day the day-to-day exuding of that energy the subconscious mind is the guideline for it and the aura is determined by thoughts and emotions essentially okay so if you're trying to um shift your reality and you want to uh shift it out of say something that is more negatively based into something that's more positively say supportive to what you really want to interact with what do you think is more important to engage in first, engage with first, your aura or the subconscious mind? The subconscious mind is has been programmed since the second that you were born. It's been programmed since the first steps you've taken. It's been programmed since the... Right now it's being programmed, and right now it's being channeled by you and me as well. So our, the... The aura isn't necessarily something to be worked with. It's more so something that comes into effect after the subconscious mind has been reprogrammed. So if you if you have okay, so let's just say Bob, hypothetical person. Bob has been suffering from terrible shark anxiety because he's really afraid of underwater. That that fundamental belief that he has will completely and utterly control what he experiences in water. If he tries to change his aura about it, aka his thoughts and emotions about it, he'll he'll try to, but he'll still have the jitters from it because it'll be a, fu- a fundamental foundational fear of his. He has to go inside and do the inner work. He has to do the shadow work. He has to go through and f- not fill the holes, but he has to realize that there is no hole. He's already whole. He work on the subconscious mind first because it, it dominates all patterns and all repetitive things cycles in our life, lives yeah it can it can um it can basically undermine all of your work that you do through your emotional and conscious thinking mm-hmm. that's the shadow mm-hmm. i actually had a conversation with an individual shadow one night i was hypnotizing them and then they had um I thought they had fallen asleep and then they sit up and they look at me and they have very different look in their eyes. I could tell it wasn't them speaking and starts speaking to me in a rather uh, malevolent tone. And it was explaining to me how it was perpetuating emotional, um, emotional suffering for the individual and how it was orchestrating events through his shadow. And it was very strange because I was having a conversation with pretty much the person's dark side, 
and I had no clue that it was happening or or not no clue that it was the shadow that was speaking to me at the time. I only realized that after. It was very strange. So you do hypnotism on people? Rarely in the past I had. I haven't really done it as much recently because when you were eight? Not not then. It wasn't then. <laughs> it was when I was sixteen. I was um my brother is a um, somnambulistic transport. Do you know what somnambulistic means? No, I don't. So there's a level of uh, awareness or a level of trance that we could be put into. Only certain people can. It's called somnambulist or a somnambulistic trance. It's where the person is 100% receptive and 100% suggestible. And it's incredibly powerful, dangerous good bad it's it can be used for many different things that's where uh, mk ultra and all that stuff comes into play but ah. somnambulistic trances so my brother's a somnambulist he literally closes his eyes and then gets into a trance and he he he, he doesn't even fall asleep at night he just goes into lucid dreams he says i'm i'm dreaming i'm dreaming i'm dreaming and then merges into a dream doesn't even fall asleep so he was my test subject for how old, how old is your brother six months older than me he okay. um he's an adopted brother my best friend from ecuador uh, my parents adopted him when i was 13 and then he ended up moving out a couple months ago to become an electrician in omaha but that's pretty cool thank you um, sounds pretty divinely orchestrated yeah given and, his <laughs> and then my friend that i had that i met from before then happened to move to florida three months after i moved to florida and now my parents are partners with them we have a biz and they have a business Lots of crazy different stuff. And even somebody from from Hawaii moved to Ecuador before we moved to Ecuador, and then we ended up meeting up with them again. So many crazy different things. My life's like one giant Synchronous, movie. Of synchronicity after another, yeah. <laughs> but back to the question. I'm sorry, what was the question? Um, I, I think I was just, um, you know, amazed that your brother was able to, this idea of lucid dreaming. I mean, we had um, Ian Wilson on, a few months ago talking about lucid dreaming. Do you lucid dream, Garen? <sighs> I do. I have. I am not as proficient in the dreaming arts as I'd like to be. I've spent many, 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 many hours devoted to astral projection and different things, trying to figure out how to leave my body. But I've done it maybe three or four times, and I've lucid dreamed probably five times. First one, major one, I was, I realized that I was standing on a beach and I was like, oh wait, I'm not supposed to be on a beach. I'm dreaming right now. And then I look down and I feel my toes in the sand, but I don't see a body. So I'm like, okay, let's lucid dreaming 101. Let's make a body. I will myself to have a body. And from my toes up, my cells are constructing. My bone structure is like, uh, weaving together it's i see the blood start to fill in my legs and then it goes all the way up to my head it feels really weird because it feels like i'm literally building my body second by second but and then i'm i say to myself okay let's teach myself how to fly and i think float and then i float up and i I think fly and then i fly higher and it's very strange because it's like you're more awake than you are here everything around you is incredibly vivid um Mm -hmm. kind of solid kind of not solid can't really explain it wow you're just like one sci-fi movie after the other. Oh, you don't even know about the half. I, there was this one experience where I had, I accidentally hypnotized my friend and his little siblings. I didn't want to do this. 100% didn't want to. It was like three in the morning and I was trying Oops. to go to sleep. 
And then my friend goes, Garen, I'm kind of bored. We should do something. And I was like, bro, I'm going to go to sleep. I was like, I can't do this. He's like, wait a minute. I'm getting ideas. I should write them down. I was like, okay, you write them down. And then he starts writing rapidly. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I, lo- I look over at what he's writing. He's writing my exact train of thought. Uh, and I'm thinking, what the hell is this kid doing? He writes, what the hell is this kid doing? And I think, why is he writing that? And he, he writes, why is he writing that? I'm like, okay, he's just acting weird. And then I, I ask him, I'm like, hey, Mike, what are you doing? And he's he doesn't really look up. He's kind of just keeps writing. And he's writing what I'm asking him. I'm like, okay, he's probably hypnotized right now. Let's just change that. And I said, stand up. He stands up. I'm like, oh, perfect. He is hypnotized. So I go over to his siblings. And I'm like, hey, is he acting weird? And they look at me. They're like, no, he's not acting weird. Why? And then they stand up. And then they all line up next to each other in the living room. And then uh long story short every thought i every thought or my my train of thought was spoken by all three of them the logic part of my brain was my friend the emotional part of my brain was his little sister and the uh dictator was his little brother and they would literally lined up in the room and were speaking my thoughts back to me and i was like i'm just trying to go to sleep why are you people doing this to me by by any by any chance was sid dosman in attendance at this party (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not Sid, no, um, Silo. There you go. Yeah, one hundred percent. But then the next day, I, I said, I said you to the little brother. I said you won't remember this one at all. And then I said to the sister, you will remember this. Next morning, she comes over and she's like, "What the hell happened last night?" I was like, "Oh, so that was real." Wow. Uh, di- different experience with hypnosis. I said to the kid, I said, Hey, um, every single, um, I said, your elect- your electromagnetic frequency is synced with mine. Thus you respond to my thoughts and emotions. And I'd think stand up. The kid would stand up. It was weird. Very weird. I don't like that because it free will is the first, um, distortion and it's necessary. That is a very true statement. Very important to always remember when, when doing this kind of stuff, that is a very, bizarre it, i mean <laughs> it's, i have never heard of anything like that in in like that kind of scenario obviously i've heard of telepathy and reading other people's minds and all that kind of stuff but in that kind of scenario that's really new um i was very out. intrigued i was in the bathroom at yeah. one point and i heard the, i would I, I would tell them you have your normal thought process back and they, they they start chattering like how they normally do and then they started yelling at each other and i was like okay i can't bear to hear this so i said i, I i'm at the other side of the house i go Shh, and they all quiet quiet down when they they shouldn't even be able to hear me and i shouldn't even be able to oh, hear them and then really i want I, you I, to I, hypnotize I, brian and then i say <laughs> sit down and be ready awesome. for when i come back and then they're all sitting there and I'm, it's just weird. It was really wow. weird. Well, speaking of these idea, this idea of being on like your wavelength, talk about the brainwave states. Um, Cause I know that's something you're really interested in and, and you've been talking a bit about on your videos and to everyone who's listening, like go check out Garen's YouTube video, Garen the Hierophant. Check out the waves of light conscious, con- conscious conference as well. I'm going to be a keynote speaker. Uh, yes. So the brain waves, um, we have beta, our normal alert state, probably how we are right now. Alpha is when we're listening to people give speeches or watching TV and different things like that. It's when it slows down a little bit or when we're reading. It's when we're absorbing information, but not as receptive as we could be. Theta is when we're in um, 
uh, REM sleep. It's when we're in our very imaginative states. It's how we are between the age of zero and seven. We're completely sponging information and programming it into our minds. Um, theta is the state you're in when you're in hypnosis. And then you have delta, which is dreamless sleep. That's where you're uh, in rest and repair and your repair, um, your parasympathetic nervous system gets to take over. Um, the brainwave state that really matters, and it's really, really important to me, is gamma. Gamma is, so our normal state is between 20, uh, I don't recall the number, but it's low, it's low 30s, low 20 hertz. Gamma is 40 to 100 hertz. Gamma is when we are, we hear people talk about the higher mind, the, um, the heart mind, the intuition, the higher self, all those things that are speaking of something that is divine. Gamma to me is that divine state. When I'm in gamma, my mind is not at all active. I have, a th- like it's, it, it's like words are, it's like you transcend language essentially. And you don't think in words anymore. You just receive tons and tons of information and then when you want to relate to somebody you're speaking very rapid firely and get it all out it's pure and utter alignment and harmonization with you and you with you and your inner being you and your soul you and god you and whatever you want to call it it's opening a 100 and 100 percent connection channel that is gamma that is why brainwaves are important and how often do you find yourself in gamma? Oh, those are the days where I feel like I'm oh, a million times more alive than I am on most days. I, I love those days. I It's probably a 1 to 10 ratio. Um, I, I, I can induce gamma. Usually the way that I do that is I just repeat to myself, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself, times like 100. And it eventually invokes a state of gamma. But it's... It's very strange that when I'm in that brainwave state, it feels like there's a beacon lit from within my head. And um, it's like there's a, the sun is, it, it, it's like my, my pineal gland is, is replaced by the sun and it's, I can just see, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> That's a great image. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's, I mean, the sun represents clarity, right? Um, full clarity in the tarot. So that um, makes a lot of sense, bringing that into your pineal gland. And to to actually induce gamma, so easy way to do it is to just breathe deeper. And because when you you breathe shallowly in the chest, you're um, activating the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight. You're reducing immunoglobin, the chemical that regulates your immune system. It's increasing cortisol and all the adrenal gland stuff. And... When you breathe deeply, gut breaths, stomach breaths, diaphragm breaths, you're enabling the parasympathetic nervous system, producing immunoglobin, which is very healthy. And then if you, oh God, this is supposed to be how to activate gamma. Sorry, I have a lot of different stuff in my head. Um, Gamma. So in order to, in order to activate gamma within yourself, you have to change your breath. You have to change your thoughts and make yourself think in alignment with what you actually want people a lot of the time they, they think oh i want to be more happy and then they start complaining about why they're not happy you have to be in utter 
unity with you and what you want to be. And then when you're in that state, it's kind of like you let go and then you just in letting go and surrendering, you just have this vast, vast, vast amount of um, information, energy come out of nowhere where it's almost like it, not that it possesses you, but you're, you're, you're tapped in to something greater. And that, that thing that is greater is your spirit. That is uh, gamma, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I struggled with that idea of surrender for a long period of my life you know, always feeling like I needed to be in control and control things, or I had to make things happen in order for them to exist, um, as opposed to allowing things in. And I think that can be sometimes a big block for some people. Like they try trying too hard as opposed to just surrendering. What's funny is no matter that what we do, no matter if we surrender, or if we don't surrender, we're, we're still attracting and we're still doing all of that. So when people say surrender, it's kind of like, at, for, at first, when I think surrender, I, I, I think they mean just let go and not care. And that's not it either. It's more so just knowing and trusting that even if you don't have the concept of surrender, even if you don't have the idea of letting go, that no matter what you do, even if you're doing something that you consider wrong, even if you're doing something that doesn't feel right to you, no matter what, you're still manifesting the thing that you're choosing to manifest. It's never ending, never ending. So it's it's kind of just like a, a, a relentless faith, essentially, in 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 your spirit, or whatever you want to call it. Well, in your wise seventeen years, as you uh, look at humanity right now, and over the decade and a half that you've had here on the planet. <laughs> you know, what is your what is your view or your understanding of the evolution of consciousness over the last two decades? We have had a lot, a lot of technology suppressed where the general public has been given certain technology and certain information to establish a certain certain base level of awareness that uh, th this day and age we have so we have access to so much more information than we did before the 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 regular the regular person you'd stop on on the sidewalk and you just ask them any question 90 percent of the time they'll know the answer to the question you're asking if it's not super astrophysics -y or something like that but the evolution with technology we have with the amount of technology that we don't know is here we we're at, we're at the precipice of two different possibilities. One, where we merge with AI, and uh, I don't see becoming artificial as the way of um, awakening. I see it as a digression. Is isn't that what happened with the Greys or something like that? But um, let's not talk about aliens right now because that gets people iffy. But um, the second option <laughs> is us awakening that which we already have within us and that's that which has been suppressed that which has been contaminated that which has been given toxins that which has become a rock the pineal gland literally becomes a rock after fluoride and other things like that and it our body is a technology and we're slowly but surely awakening to that technology consciousness is a technology consciousness is 
expanding, evolving, allowing us to expand and evolve. And honestly, the evolution, all, all that's happening is something that has happened before and something that will continue to happen again. It's just us awakening and realizing self. Wow, I'm looking at my phone and it says two, 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 six, and sixty-six <laughs> percent. <laughs> and sixty-six isn't the double number; it's more so reconsidering no. what you're thinking right now, or something like that. I don't. I don't well, know. six represents the union. It's a union number, union of masculine and feminine. It represents like that middle space between Mother Earth and Father Sky. So, it's a beautiful number. Um, you know, I'm curious before before we let you go, Garen. I'm curious, <laughs> what are kids your age really talking about? Like when it comes to spiritual, like are are like people like I mean, obviously you're going to be attracting people to you that are Trust me, having these kind of conversations. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you okay? So you're feeling the loneliness? Not 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 necessarily lonely. More so, most thirty something year olds, forty something year olds, fifty something year olds are just older kids. They're just grown-up versions of who they were in high school and that's kind of how it is here in this generation 90 something percent of them they want to drink have sex and uh, pretend like they make money or something like that it's not that spiritual but when it does come to spirituality it's very it's like they already know like i have a friend that's two years younger than me and he Every, he's one of the only people I could I could talk to without having to explain what I mean by every other different thing. I, I Anything I tell him, he's like, oh yeah, I get that. I understand what you're saying. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. It's for the ones that are connected, they're coming in already knowing. They already have that that connection. They just have to awaken it within them. But um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I was, I mean, I was just curious because obviously you're an anomaly. <laughs> and I mean, a great anomaly. Uh, and, but it, I was curious, you know, because you know, I, I, hey, people who spend more time around you eventually are going to awaken to some degree. All my, fr- all my friends that are closer friends, I've always had a tight knit, tight knit group of friends. Any friends that I have there that I had for the past two years or so, every single one of them are aware of all these things and some multiple of them are spiritual in their own sense. And it's not that spirituality is a, um, a certain path. It's for everybody and, and whatever it is that they're doing. It's more so that only a few mm. are like that, but I, I wanted to tie something else in. Are you familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality test? Yeah. Yes. I'm an INFJ and a Pisces and INFJs are the, are 1% of all males on the planet and um hitler and martin luther king jr were infjs and um i think it's funny to see the the duality of possibility with infjs and then they also being overdeveloped intuition and then having pisces which is also intuition and then you have me (laughs) 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 thrown into the mix of it all So are you saying that when you had somehow accidentally put your friends into hypnosis that the little guy who was yeah. the dictator, he was channeling Hitler in you? Not at all. I was, I was just standing there and, it was, and they lined up in front of me and then they started speaking my thoughts back to me and I was a little bit confused at the time wanting just to go to sleep. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I'd love to hear from you um, if you, any sort of words of um, motivation, inspiration that you'd like to leave the audience with um, a certain message, message that you feel is important for people to hear at this time. In these coming times, you'll experience much contrast, accelerating contrast, accelerating division, accelerating issues. You will also experience an acceleration of adding value and acceleration of um, fruits and acceleration of yielding rewards and results. Don't believe and, and trust everything that you see on the outside. Really look inside and be your own fountain of knowledge because there's nothing that anybody on the outside, any person, teacher, place, thing, and nothing will ever give you as accurate as information as you within. Love it. Totally on board with that message. I'll take it. I love yeah. y'all. Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> well, Garen, tell our audience uh, where they can find you and also tell them the details about the Waves of Light Conference if they want to get down into Florida in the next two weeks. So if you want to come down to Florida in the next two weeks, the 17th through 19th in Sarasota, nice sunny Sarasota, um, there's going to be a nice Waves of Light Conference that we're going to have where we're going to be speaking about many different um, topics with many different people of many different backgrounds. It's going to be a um, transcendental and transformational weekend to say the least. So if you want to check that out, go to um, Waves of Light on Facebook or uh, I believe it's wavesoflight.com. Is it wavesoflight.com? Wavesoflight.org, I believe. Wavesoflight.org. And to find me, I have a YouTube channel, like you had said previously, Garen the Hierophant um, on YouTube. Or um, if you can't find it there, just type in Garen Zine on Facebook. You should be able to find or Garen the Hierophant on Facebook. You should be able to find it there. Um, that's about it. Just want to say thank you once again. Thank well, you. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's been very enlightening and really fun. Uh, I love hearing from the younger generations. I think it's really cool. And you're well ahead of your time, Garen. For a while, I gave up on my generation because I thought we'd all be retards, but we're slowly but surely starting to share. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not a thing. (laughs) Oh, man. I think what what you're considered the Generation Z. Yep, Gen Z. Yeah, I think the Gen Zs are going to fix what the millennials have uh the millennials and every other generation behind them have uh, left in the wake. So you guys will be fine. Fun fact. Uh, <laughs> I was once told that this is my 101,276th life. And I hope that I can assist many in this life. Wow. Is that only on of- earth? Only on earth. Yeah. Only on this sphere. Oh, okay. You're an expert that's- down here on earth. And that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not. No wonder the knowledge just spills right out of you. Yep, too much sometimes, but. <sighs> well, thanks, Garen, for coming on. And say hi to your mom, Michelle. We love her. She's awesome. And she's clearly done a great job. Well, thank you, Garen, for coming on the show. And to our audience, please check out Garen's YouTube. And if you're interested in seeing him speak live in person, you'll know where to find him down in Sarasota in two weeks down in Florida. Thanks, Garen, for coming on. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at 
and please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're interested in contacting Nicole or myself for some coaching or any of the other services we provide, you can find out more about Nicole at inflexibleme.com and my website is lisaloveslove.com. Thank you again for joining us and supporting our show and we will be back with you all next week.